I'll be talking about more than just the Benjamins. Welcome to Fintech Beat, where finance, technology, and policy come together. I'm your host, Chris Brummer, and the future of finance is now. Every year, the Washington, D.C. Fintech Week conference I organize charts an agenda canvassing the regulatory ecosystem. And this year, we kept at it, joining with the mighty Bank for International Settlements to cover issues as diverse as scaling blockchains to servicing CBDC infrastructures, all along engaging the heads of virtually every U.S. regulatory agency and private sector leaders from around the world. But we're not the only big event in October, and alongside DC Fintech Week, the Institute for International Finance, or IIF, hosts its own major forum with major international banks and financial institutions at the same time as the World Bank and IMF annual meetings, tackling overlapping issues like financial inclusion, digital identity, and more. And there are few people more important to the IIF's festivities and with their finger on global developments than the IIF's senior advisor, Conan French. And we are especially happy to have him with us here today, and for more reasons than one might think, since he joins what is now a three-year tradition of sitting down with me to chat about what we learned during the spate of global conferences in order to offer listeners a crib sheet what's happening, what's happened, and what's to come. So if you missed a key session or two or want to know the big themes and policies advanced in the grind of international meetings, sit tight for an overview of the best of the FinTech Weeks of 2021. Conan, thanks so much. It's great having you back. Thanks so much, Chris. As you mentioned, this is one of my favorite traditions. And I think it's you know really important and great for us to do because, as you said, October becomes such a crammed month uh, in D.C. and sort of globally when we talk about the dialogue of uh, conferences on fintech, innovation, technology, public sector. And it's really good for us to be able to sit back a little bit, reflect. And I love uh, looking at and reflecting back on what's happened with you. So um, great tradition. I appreciate you keeping it alive. It is such a pleasure. I mean, it is kind of interesting. It's like quiet, 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 quiet. And then you have this this enormous eruption of policy and announcements and meetings. And and it, it is hard at times to sort of digest it all and, and to just really know where we stand. So uh, maybe we can just start with the, you know, a, a running start here. Um, what were, at least for you, I mean, looking back at the IIF conference, you know, what, what did you think were the big themes uh, that you uh, both had envisioned and, and, and which ones did you hear sort of playing themselves out? Yeah, well, the, the themes that we set out this year for um, our 200 speakers, uh, 90 sessions, so again, you know, really trying to give a broad view from the financial services industry were um, that the world is diverging decarbonizing, digitizing, and indebted. And, and so we were really looking at things through that lens. And our tradition, you know, we have uh, normally 40 or 50 CEOs and chairmen of the, the large financial groups of the world, like Jessica Tan from Ping An and Brian Moynihan from Bank of America or Anna Botin from Santander. And they you know, really bring in that, that view and sort of variations of all of those issues, as well as uh, a policymaker view. And then we've got a deeper dive where we had a session, um, a stream of about 14 sessions on digital finance. And of course, those are the, the things that we could dive into 
a little more. But I think when you looked across our you know, overall conference, those themes really ended up getting woven together a fair amount. And so clearly climate change and the role of the financial sector and responding to it uh, was a top line issue. But a lot of those conversations ended up talking about data and data flows and tracking um, and how would you track and report uh, on progress there and the role of the financial sector in doing that. And again, indebtedness, um, data, data flows, um, cross-border data connectivity uh, is, is important as well. And so in a lot of those conversations, I guess my main takeaway was the interconnectedness between a lot of these top-line issues that folks might not tie together. I also think that the um, dialogue between the public sector and the private sector on a lot of these points and some that you, you had mentioned in your intro has really become much more granular. So both sides of the table know a lot more about the topics that they're they're discussing and they're getting into more detail. So it's whether it's you know design considerations of central bank digital currency uh, or the you know use and and ethical use of of data. Uh, I think the level of fluency, even at a very high level of the institutions um, on on both sides of the equation, is uh, remarkably more advanced than it was even just a couple of years ago. So I think uh, the topics that we deal with in our conferences have gone very mainstream and are are woven together. You know, just listening to that list, it's it's fascinating, right? I mean, if we were Three years ago, when we had our original sort of uh, sessions, and, and I mean, even then, that list of issue areas was starting to expand. But it's 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 even larger, massively larger uh, than it was even three years ago. You know, and, and you sort of think about uh, you know the fact that you could have one conference talking about everything from from you know decarbonization to CBDC infrastructures, and for it to be entirely rational, and as you were saying interwoven and no one's going to blink. I, I think that that really says something um, about the policy conversation and about the, poli- the policy conversation about finance, which is, which is really quite uh, r- remarkable. I know you, you had mentioned something about, about digital finance as, as well. Um, what, what, what were those conversations about? Because you know, digital finance is a pretty big, pretty big uh, capacious uh, category. Yeah, well, in in that area, I think digital assets, as we'd mentioned, CBGCs, stable coins, um, uh, crypto assets are are a key area of focus. And as you said, in the U.S., there's a hot debate underway, and uh, who does what in oversight and regulation of them. Cloud computing, sort of both as an essential tool for the industry, but also you know driving a lot of uh, questions about oversight, data localization, data flows, permission, challenges from data localization requirements. Uh, that was another uh, area that cropped up frequently. Um, and relatedly, the ethical use of data. And so how do um, industries and, and individuals and societies sort of come together to figure out how we want to leverage these new tools, but put some new governance on them. And then connected finance and digital identity were sort of two other areas that uh, cropped up frequently, I think. But when we think about that recurring theme, I think that all of these things kind of made sense uh, to be in single tracks and in this you know, broad dialogue going on in Washington, D.C. And, and in other forums over the last month, um, because people really understand it's society and industry trying to move into uh, new areas uh, with new technology and sorting out how do we modernize the frameworks that we want to work with. And so while all of the topic sets are you know pretty disparate, I think that another recurring theme is how do we modernize um, the frameworks, be they 
you know, granular and, and regulatory frameworks are just broadly more, you know, what are society's value sets as we look at um, these new horizons of uh, dealing with the climate, dealing with uh, advances in technology and how it changes our society. Yeah, you know, you know, the, and that 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 question as to you know we we have these new kinds of interdisciplinary problems and, and like what is the role of finance in addressing them or or navigating them or 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 de-risking them um, uh, both the risk and the eventuality of the risk but also the fin- the institutions that that have to confront them is 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 really important. Um, I mean, now now obviously what you're doing, you know, in between sort of. Uh, wedged in between our two great events, you know, where these things that were being done, you know, at these institutions called the uh, IMF and World Bank, uh, they happen to be kind of important in the world. Uh, did, did you see very much um, sort of overlap, or, or 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 how would you compare and maybe contrast what you saw watching the IMF and World Bank um, conversation and how it was playing out uh, on the private end with the um, uh, IIF uh, conversations? Those meetings were remain a little different this year as a result of the COVID pandemic. And so, whereas pre pre COVID they were large, you know, huge gatherings with lots of different tracks and some things that were public to highlight issues and, and drive debate, and some that were closed door. And this year it was you know much more trimmed down in who was here in person and, and the meetings that were happening. And so it was much more focused on the ministerial level of the G twenty and G seven uh, conversations. There, the G7 released a, um, a paper on uh, the uh, sort of uh, treatment and approach or principles for central bank digital currencies. And I think that was an example of, of where you saw a lot of overlap um, between what the G7 was talking about and advancing, um, what was on center stage in, in your conference and what was uh, you know on for our conference. And so we had uh, John Cunliffe from the Bank of England and Charles Roxborough from Treasury and uh, then brought in Breath Hammock from Goldman Sachs and Nihad Narula, who's I know uh, well known to you as well. And so some good overlap of, of speakers to talk about those principles. And, um, you know, to my point earlier that conversations are getting much more detailed, granular and informed. Uh, I think that conversation was a great example where you had, um, you know, Sir John Cunliffe talking in a very detailed way about some of the, the principles that they had, but recognizing that there are trade-offs um, between some of them and that when when it comes to implementation, you know, tough decisions will have to be made in areas like, like privacy versus financial crime prevention. So as, as we try and bring forward all of these different principles, um, got into a, a very granular discussion with Niha from MIT's Media Lab offering some, you know, examples of what that means in coding and design considerations. And so that, for me, was sort of tying the threads of what was happening um, while the bank and the fund were much more, you know, focused uh, and narrower uh, dialogues this year, I think there was still um, a lot of overlap between kind of what was center stage there and what was center stage in our two, two events. So, Chris, as we think about your conference uh, this year, what really stood out for you? I, I have a few of, of my favorite sessions, but wanted to know what the themes that you saw and what you thought was important. So, so you kind of stole my thunder, I think, a little bit with, um, you know, this interdisciplinary idea. I mean, because, I, I mean, it was, it was just stark. Um, you know, we too were very fortunate to just have a, a roster of um, many of the people who are making all the, the big decisions in fintech. Obviously, working with the BIS was a delight and it was an honor and a privilege. And so we had a, a good dose on that first day tackling um, 
uh, CBDCs and and just larger questions of of, of innovation. Um, obviously, when you're thinking about something like CBDCs, you're, you're, it's going to be a conversation about both innovation within central banks and the global central banking community, as well as then uh, later uh, conversations, almost sort of a PhD in blockchain, you know, uh, curricula that we had on at the end of that uh, day on scaling um, blockchains uh, with uh, not just um, uh, Yun Chen from the uh, Bank uh, for International Settlements, but uh, Lara Lowe from Timasek, Dan Robinson from Paradigm. Um, we 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 had uh, a servicing uh, CBDC infrastructures panel as well with Dante Desparte and um, Jose Fernandez de, 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 de Ponte from PayPal. And and I guess what I can say for about you know the, the big theme uh, there, it, you know, and, and from that first day. Was that uh, there are policy choices? You know, um, whatever you want to do, uh, you have to think a lot about uh, the, the the throughput for any kind of blockchain, and and you have to think about not just uh, centralization and decentralization as a philosophical matter, but really from a pragmatic matter, especially when you make the shift from um, this this question of, of pure payments to. Uh, more ambitious decentralized um, finance, and, and and what does that mean for how you think about uh, blockchain infrastructure? Was a really interesting and and rich set of conversations on that first uh, day, as well as tracking um, you know just just the pilot projects and the experimentation that was being done all around uh, the world. You know, in terms of the actual theme, uh, Augustine uh, Karsten's. I think, I mean, he just said something that I, I don't think I've, I would necessarily even hear in the United States. Uh, you know, when you, he, he had these, this opening remark uh, in his speech, and he, and he emphasized that to achieve excellence, you have to be willing to fail, right? And, and that's just in and of itself interesting, because if we're going to have a conversation on, you know, noodling through the trade-offs of blockchain infrastructures and based off of whatever knowledge that we have currently and, and techniques that we have currently, you know, this, this understanding that technology is moving quickly, policymakers have to move quickly, but just by the very nature of, of, of how quickly technology is moving, uh, you know you, that policymakers have to be bold and thoughtful, and and have to understand how to um, accept setbacks without in, uh, endangering the financial system. I just thought that was super interesting, just as a as a kind of a theme. And you know, you, you saw different individuals kind of um, thinking through how to modulate that kind of experimentation throughout. The, uh, the day and indeed throughout the conference. So we had uh, Mu Chengchun you know, from the People's Bank of China, and he talked about a wait-and-see approach to fintech regulation and, and tried to sort of walk through um, this idea of, 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 of what big tech is doing in China um, when it comes to the provision of financial services and, and, and what they as a, as a central bank are trying to do in light of, of, of their growth. And, and obviously a conversation on the ECNY and, and some of the privacy issues um, uh, he tried to address and, and, and just talking about um, you know, sort of a two-tiered system with a digital yuan in terms of the amount of information that would necessarily be gathered by the PBOC. And that was, that was very, very interesting. Um, just a, a, a quick, quick, quick um, sort of one minute more on just the, the, the overall themes. We tried to focus on um, not just innovation, but every day had its own track. And so day two was 
uh, an inclusion theme. Day three was an, an integrity theme. And then we had a bunch of what we called workshops, um, which, which really mixed and matched the themes, but to really provide an interesting um, sort of array of conversations and feedback from individuals. So we had, you know, um, everyone from on the inclusion track, uh, a, a great day with uh, Nandan uh, Nilakani on the India stack, but they also compare that on that same day on minority banks and the technology stack. And, you know, how distinct um, is the American situation when you think about inclusion and financial technology? You know, are, are, are we different? Are we, are we not that different? You know, I think it was a really interesting kind of mix of conversations that we had that day. Two, and moving through the integrity questions um, that I'm sure also popped up over at your uh, conference. Uh, and, and, and then again, uh, on the workshops and trying to think through everything from gigification or, uh, or sorry, uh, memification of, of, of uh, uh, retail investing to uh, SPACs and what that meant for fundraising. So it was, it was we we tried to tackle almost as much as you guys uh, did, uh, but but it it definitely kept us very 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 busy. Well, and I think the breadth of that issue set that you were working through, and the fact that you were so engaged and partnered with the BIS uh, for this work, were two you know great things that that we were excited to see because you know one of the things that we worry about at the IF uh, are global standards. And when the U.S., because of some of the peculiarities of our regulatory map that uh, you know so well, um, and the overlap, when you look at issues like uh, how how are digital currencies and crypto assets um, dealt with, you know, there's there's quite a thicket of institutions that the FSOC is trying to sort through who does what uh, in the U.S. When you think about the the role of privacy in the U.S. approach versus global approaches, that it's hard um, for the world to come to a standard, you know, when Washington is still working through so much. And so I think we're really excited to see that granular engagement and that work and bringing in the global perspective so that they understand how that that maps um, against what's going on in the global conversation. So awesome uh, convening uh, here in Washington this week. That interdisciplinary question as to what is the role of finance in addressing social problems or navigating them or de-risking them is pretty important. Uh, and obviously wedged in between our events were these meetings hosted by some pretty important organizations uh, you may have heard of, the IMF and the World Bank, uh, that made some noise. Uh, how would you compare those conversations substantively to those taking place in the private sector uh, over at the IIF? And, and how does that track with what you saw from the international community? You know, of course, Nelly and her remarks uh, for us was a little more the, the role of the, the U.S., um, specifically in the financial services industry, a little less on the technology. Um, but, you know, when you think about what you were seeing and hearing in Washington, how did that track with the, the view of your international speakers? I mean, you know, it, it, it's interesting, right? Um, you, so we had uh, uh, Timothy Antoine from, uh, you know, the Eastern Caribbean uh, talking about uh, uh, Dcash and and the fact that they are one of the first to really think through and to actually implement a CBDC. And it, it's, it's, you know, when you compare and contrast, let's call it the exigency for some jurisdictions, you know, and I, I, I thought that conversation with him was so interesting, you know, like, well, why do you want a CBDC? He goes, you know, we're a region of islands. <laughs> you know, it's basically what he's trying to say. It's like, you know, moving stuff around physically isn't really an option for us, right? And, 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 and just to have that kind of perspective just gave 
many of the conversations, at least you know, uh, t- when I talking to some of our friends overseas, it, there was just a a, a different kind of um, uh, immediacy or, or or and 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 um, maybe exigency behind some of the conversations. Um, where you know, in 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 the United States, there is. Uh, it's not just more of a of a of a caution, but it's just the the focus of the United States is is a little bit different, um, and I think that that uh, that is starting to change because we are having this this very big conversation in the United States about inequality, just writ large, um, economic and, and and wealth, and and I asked uh, Chairman Ginsler from the uh, SEC a, a question. Um, and I asked him, you know, when you think about the SEC, sort of the regulator for our securities markets, you know, is financial inclusion part of that mandate? Because it's, it, that, you know, that's a really interesting, you know, I'd like to think it's an interesting question. Because, you know, when you think about the SEC, you're thinking about disclosure, you want to protect investors, you want to protect people from 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 bad guys and, and, and from shenanigans, you know. But then there are questions about, well, you know, when you create your regulatory approach, if you're seeing some of that having an impact on exacerbating um, uh, wealth inequality, you know, at what point is that trade-off acceptable? At what point is it not acceptable? And do you even have, as a regulator, have the leeway to think about it? You know, is you know, do you as a regulator think that you have the leeway to even think about it? I think is a, is a very legitimate um, question. And 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 you know, he he had responded by talking about the fairness mandate. And, and I think that was a that was a good answer. Um, but I would say that if you talk to an international regulator, I, I think that they would be much more direct just by dint of their own mandate to just say, well, of course we're thinking about that. In fact, we're you know one reason why we want to do this is because we want to tackle financial inclusion head on, right? And I think that this it gives a remarkably different perspective and distinguishes, for better or worse, the U.S. conversation. And I, but I think it also reflects kind of what is consistent globally, and that's the broader thread of societies looking at their values and trying to understand how they reflect the, the values of, of where they want society to go um, in these arenas of uh, regulation, supervision, technology, and sort of you know, what financial services uh, and, and sort of new entrant market players, big tech, you know, how all of these pieces tie together and how you um, you direct them so that they really pursue society's goals. And I think greater, you know, there's increasing recognition that different societies have different issues they're trying to tackle and different objectives that they've got. And, you know, to your point of it um, cropping up the, the ECB governor saying, hey, I've got some islands, things are hard to move. Uh, Cecilia Skingsley, deputy for Riksbank in, in Sweden, also sort of outlined why they're um, so at the forefront of thinking through central bank digital currency and, and why they view their role of what they should be doing in the system a little differently because she's in what is largely a cashless society um, already and views they view it very much as a public service and a public good to provide a central bank instrument um, that the common person on the street you know, could be able to avail themselves of and have it reflect what their society's goals and interests and, and objectives are. So, um, you know, all, all part of that big theme of how does society reflect values uh, in these new areas. Yeah, and and, and, and the former uh, CFTC chairman and now I, uh, founder of the Digital Dollar uh, Project. Crypto Chris, dad. <laughs> crypto dad. Uh, uh, Christian Carlos spoke, you know, and, and, and he had some really, you know, he is someone who talks a lot about uh, CBDCs and values and national values. 
And the fact that money itself, you know, is is hey, look, it's the ultimate consumer-facing project, uh, uh, and and it it reflects the values of the issuer, and at best um, uh, uh, reflects the values of the uh, users. And if it doesn't reflect the values of the, of the users, you know, that's that's a threat, you know, to the popularity, obviously, and and and, and the use of 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 that currency. I, and I I'd, I'd even go, you know, what's really interesting and important to also underscore is. When we talk about society, and when you talk, you looked at the conference, the range of participants thinking about digital transformation is just astounding, right? So it's not just a CBDC question, and it's not just a retail trading question, right? But you know the fact that you can, as you know, going back to these sort of community and rural and minority depository institutions, that they're thinking about like, well, what does our technology stack look like? And what does digital transformation look like if you're behind the 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 you know uh, uh, trends? It, it, it kind of underscores just how massive the the, the overall conversation um, that that sort of frontier technologies and digital transformation uh, you know how that's all I- impacting every aspect of the financial ecosystem. And so that societal question is one that's not going to necessarily be determined from just one local sort of point of authority in many countries, but there are going to be a lot of people who are going to have something to say about it. And I think, I, I find that, you know, it's going to be challenging, it's going to be exhilarating, it's going to be kind of crazy, uh, but it's, 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 it's not even coming, it's, it's already there. And, and, and you know, just watching how institutions adapt to that is, is super interesting. And I think that brings us to you know maybe our our last theme, and that is the role of the public and private sectors in driving that debate and sort of pushing things forward. And I know, for instance, you know our our crypto dad friend uh, Christian Carlo has some strong opinions that you know innovation that's come in the the digital asset sector really needs to help inform um, what comes next in this future of money, and that this needs to be a broader uh, conversation with industry and and uh, the public um, involved, not just something happening kind of behind a curtain. Um, at, at a central bank, and so I think that 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 dialogue is really you know robust already. Um, but I agree with you; it just feels like that's going to continue to uh, to crank up. And frankly, both sides are are interested in engaging. But those questions of okay, this the, you know technology is a disruptor, uh, and it gives an opportunity that means for people to give things a rethink. And when you're rethinking something like money that's been fairly set for a century, um, and other roles and responsibilities that have really been you know, pretty fixed uh, for, you know, coming in on a century and a lot of other areas of financial services as well, whether it be, you know, markets regation. Um, uh, what is regulation. a bank? What is a bank? <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah, what, what is banking services? You know, <laughs> I mean, that'll freak people out. Uh, but 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 you, you really can't run from it. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, what I will, will salute you know, uh, for you guys over at IIF, I mean, we've we've we we're, we're I guess latecomers to the party. What we try to do over at Georgetown as well, you know, is that because it freaks people out, uh, whether or not it's the regulators or whether or not it's the market participants or whatever, is to kind of provide a, a space for people to kind of talk and, and to do so where they feel comfortable and where they're they feel like they're going to be heard. And and I and, you know it's it, it's that's an old time kind of tradition that you don't necessarily see enough of but you know the the, the thing about the fintech weeks and and those forums is that it's 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 uh, they serve as kind of rare opportunities for um, that kind of dialogue to take place 
uh, publicly in many instances and privately, and, and for you know the larger policy conversation to actually be thoughtful. You know, and 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 so you know, as as one of those public citizens, you know, I'll, I'll tip of the hat to you, Conan, and 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 your team, because uh, it's it's really important work. Well, tip of the hat to uh, right back at you, um, because you know, I think together we really do help try to bring that really well informed policy debate, and I think that's the key is making sure that there's uh, you know smart folks who know what they're talking about helping to inform. Um, the public debate as these important issues get settled and, you know, highlighting the global interconnectivity of our digital economy. That's where a lot of the growth has come from. Much more of it will come from in the future. And uh, goofing it up could be, um, you know, a big, uh, a a big cost. Big bad. Big bad. Um, So we've, you know, one of the themes that I didn't mention, but we've called it sort of digital Bretton Woods, which some of my, um, you know, historians have issues with, but it certainly resonates. And that's the idea. It was first posed a couple of years ago by Ravi Menon, but that uh, we don't really have a good rule book globally for the digital economy. I think we're seeing that we're still hashing out the rule book uh, and the, the structures inside our own economies. Um, but that globally making sure that those things are happening in parallel and kind of well-informed is really crucial in a, in a world where we want to see, you know, we're living in one environment. Uh, we're really living in, in one big digital economy and making sure that there is, uh, you know, while societies pursue their, their societal goals and objectives and priorities, but that things try to um, you know, work as standardized and interoperable as possible is, uh, is important. And so continuing the forums that we've got going, I think we'll only be more important in the years to come. And yeah, yeah, well, you know, I, you know, for, for sure, you know, I look forward to, to, to talking to you uh, and meeting up uh, next year. As I said, I mean, this year, as you know, every year it gets bigger. I mean, anytime in which the managing director of the IMF says Hoya Saxa at my event is an event <laughs> I have to, is, is an event I have to be happy with, but I'll see you in a year. And, and thanks for joining us again uh, uh, in our annual conversation. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Fintech Week keeps getting bigger each year for what I hope are all the right reasons. Shout out to the Institute for Financial Markets, Visa's Economic Empowerment Institute, and the Bank for International Settlements for all the help. But big doesn't mean easier, and one of the real challenges of this kind of event is ensuring conversations that are worth your time. Now, doing so requires a leap of faith every year, as well as a community of cheerleaders and participants of good faith. And thankfully, we've had just that, in no small part due to many of the listeners of this show. So hat tip to you, and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'd love to get your feedback. If you'd like to get in touch, just hit me up at Chris Brummer, DR. That's at C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-M-M-E-R-D-R. We'd love to hear from you.